Hey, everyone. Welcome to the OK Productive Podcast, where we talk about practical productivity tips and banter. You can find us on social media, OK Productive, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And uh, we have a uh, special episode and some uh, follow-up from our previous uh, year-in-review episode. First, how's it going, Leo? Good, good. I'm really happy with our last episode, our year-in-review. It's maybe our third one that we've done. And a lot of it was about honing and focusing in on what we want to do in 2020. And unfortunately, we came to the conclusion that we want to put the podcast on hiatus. And I think this is a great opportunity in this last episode for now to kind of reflect on the podcast and also just talk about how we come up with a decision of when to just give something a rest, so to speak, and just kind of take a break from things that we don't necessarily want to focus on. Because I think a big part of productivity is being able to say no, no matter how much we enjoy doing this podcast. And I can tell you, we enjoy it a lot. Why it's best for productivity to have focus on what we're good at and what we can really focus on and is most beneficial to us. Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. And I'll just add, too, that this has been probably the biggest year in terms of self-reflection, in terms of what I'm doing and trying to whittle things down. And I know we did our, like, we've been doing these uh, year in reviews for a bit now, but this has been the biggest effort on my part to be able to try and get down to a smaller number of things, like you said, to find that focus. And I think that's one of the like main tenets of being able to do anything really effectively or productively is being able to focus on it. Yeah. I think in previous years, I was much more open to experimentation. And this was kind of the year where I, I made it an effort to really place some focus on the following year and find things that I need to cut out of. And so that's essentially what I'm doing, you're doing, you know, you talked about your stuff with nonprofits and giving jar, for instance. And I talked about some of my meetup stuff that I'm going to be cutting out as well as doing this podcast. And I think one of the things that I think back to is, uh, like I said, I'm in a mastermind and we had talked about finding focus, I think was a big theme of it. And what really made me realize the importance of cutting things out was the idea of by cutting certain things out, I can double up on the things that I really need to focus on. And once I framed it in that way, or once that was framed for me, that was really helpful in giving me some more impetus and finding things I can cut out. Yeah, I like what you said there with experimentation too. So that was certainly me, and it still is to an extent. I just have lots and lots of different interests, and I get excited about a lot of things. It can very honestly, be distracting. And sometimes it's not easy to realize that. But I think the difference between how I was experimenting a couple of years ago when you asked me if I was interested in trying out a podcast was that I was trying completely new things that were maybe outside of my wheelhouse or just like entirely like new, not really career possibilities, just skills to develop. And so, I mean, working with nonprofits, doing tech, but also like speaking to people, teaching, all of these were completely wild and different things. Writing about 
board games was an amazing opportunity that came up years ago. And so all of these were just things that I was just chasing down to just see which ones actually captivated my interest the longest. And like the ones I had the most fun with, while also seeing them actually go somewhere and be able to help more people. I think what's different now is I have experimented with a lot of different things in ways that can potentially help more people. And now my experimentation is going to be within hopefully like one or two of those things. So I'm going to be focusing on teaching and community building within the tech community in Lansing. And so there's still tons and tons of ways that I can say yes and experiment and try new things to help people within those niches. But I'm going to try and put my foot down a little bit more about all of the other opportunities that aren't directly related to either of those two things. Yeah, and we talked a lot about this in uh, episode 12, Saying No, where we talk about Derek Sivers and his Hell Yes, and we'll post our link to that article. But I think that's like a big part of it is like having more of an impetus. And I don't know if this just comes with age or have, it comes more with experience, but like understanding the importance of your time and being able to tamper some of your excitement when a new idea or new opportunity comes up. And I think that's a big part of it. You talked about, you know, community building and teaching. I'm talking about focusing more in my business when it comes to developing iPhone apps and teaching others how to develop in the Apple space and Swift and all that. And so, yeah, I think one of the things I want to step back and talk about starting the podcast. One of the things was about how this kind of met a lot of goals with I wanted to know more about podcasting and learn more about podcasting because it's such a growth industry and it's a great way to communicate with a lot of people. We talk about like community building. And one of the things is like with a lot of the local meetup stuff, you might have like five to 10 people that you can communicate with. But I can tell you with like podcasting, we're communicating with (laughs) several times that. And it's just a great opportunity to do that. And I think I've had a media background some media background as long as well as the software development stuff. So I'm always interested in video and audio production. And so podcasting was a great way for me to be able to reach out and learn more about, I want to learn more about podcasting and I want to learn more about how to be better at it. Cause I think it's a great opportunity for me to communicate, especially when it comes to my business. And then, you know, Eric, I've known you at least half a decade, if not longer and we had already collaborated on some other stuff as well. And we continue to collaborate on other projects. And so I knew like, well, if there's anybody I can work with well, it'd be Eric. So then it was just a matter of finding what we're going to talk about. Honestly, like that was the last step. And I love productivity. I've always interested in productivity and finding ways to be more productive with my time and dabbled in building apps, doing productivity. And so that just felt like a really easy topic to talk about. I think one of the things is we talk a lot about projects, you know, are they going to be profitable? Are they going to, is there an audience for it and all that? But I think at the end of the day, if you're not enthusiastic about the topic, it's not going to end up going anywhere. And just having somebody you can really work with easily and, you know, just kind of going into it, understanding that it's not going to be there forever, I think is also a healthy attitude. Yeah. And When you had uh, approached me about doing the podcast as well, I was trying to think of this in terms of how I might be able to grow. So not having assumptions that 
the podcast was going to blow up or anything like that. But if it does, then that reflects that I'm helping people, which is always a, a goal that I'm trying to do better at. And, you know, if it doesn't do that, if it doesn't have a big impact, what are some of the things that I can get out of it, even if it's just considered like practice? Um, exactly. So exactly. Started out, it was like um, trying to grow my comfort with speaking to people. I still feel really, really awkward when I am being recorded, whether it's on a phone or a headset or anything like that. And my feeling about that hasn't gotten better, but I think that I'm more comfortable just doing it. And so I guess time will tell. After two years, I guess I I wish I would have uh, gotten away from those nerves and uh, a little bit of that anxiousness. But, you know, maybe I'm seeing a little bit of uh, growth there, just being comfortable speaking to people, which is important for the work that I want to continue doing. But it's kind of funny. And I think I'll come back to this. Some of the other things that I've learned or like skills I've developed along the way too that I didn't expect, but I've had a lot of fun with. I think another thing I wanted to talk about was part of the reason why we're stepping away is that if I'm going to do something, I want to really commit to it. I don't know about you, Eric, but it's like, I kind of don't want to half-ass what I work on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Who is the um, Parks and Rec guy that you told me about? Right. Ron Swanson. I don't want to half-ass. I want a full-ass. I, I think that was the quote. The thing is, is like, I think it was at the beginning of the year, we decided to really double down on our commitment to this podcast. And we started having a much more regular schedule uh, with the every other week thing. And then over the summer, we had talked about, okay, what can we do to grow our audience? And it got to a point where like, and I think it was a really great exercise where we kind of, we read uh, Attraction by Gabriel Weinberg. And that's where we got some ideas for how to further market the podcast and grow our audience. And one of the issues came up was just the amount of work we'd put in, but also the lack of guarantee, I want to say, on the ROI or the return on investment, or the returns we'd get on the time we'd put in. Yeah. Especially as so much of our other parts of our life were seeing growth. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'll just add, when you say the the ROI, it's not like we were making money off of this ever. No, Um, (laughs) absolutely Quite the opposite. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) But the return on the investment could be just... It's kind of like what we've talked about with the cold emails recently. Like there is, when you contact someone, when you reach out to them, I think it applies to more than just email. It's like talking out into the podcast world. You want to be able to help people and you want to improve their lives, whether it's giving them new information or validating concerns that they have or whatever it may be. And that is a return on your investment. We're spending time and hopefully having an impact on people. I mean, we have analytics to show that a lot of people have listened and we have a lot, a lot of downloads. I was looking at that and it made me feel really, really good. So it actually puts me in a lot more positive mood um, as we're winding down the podcast right now. We talked about kind of the decision process. I want to get into kind of the negatives and positives, like to kind of do a postmortem on the podcast, because I think it's always helpful when you're working on any sort of project to talk about, okay, what went wrong and what went right. I think overwhelmingly things were positive for sure, but I don't want to sugarcoat everything because I think having a healthy attitude is having like looking at what could have been improved and what we could have done better. I'll let you go ahead and start with the first one, Eric. Okay. So this is 
kind of a big challenge in general, probably from a uh, lack of knowledge, maybe on both of our parts, but definitely yes. on my own, is fully understanding marketing. Being able to get the podcast out to more people was definitely an uphill struggle. You mentioned that we read through traction. We actually went through that bullseye system pretty extensively, every single marketing channel, and just did a ton of brainstorming. And we came up with tons and tons of ideas. But that's when it was becoming clear that while we had some things that were working, the next steps were either unclear on like where we could get the most bang for our buck, which goes back to that lack of understanding, or it was just such a big time or investment of other kinds of resources to actually go to the next step that I think there was just a lot of reluctance and it would become a lot more work for us. I think you hit it right on the nail. I think it's a really great exercise that we went through by going through that book, Traction. And I think it gave us a real good idea of the ambiguity and the challenge of doing some serious growth with the podcast. And at least that's a conclusion that I got through. I'm going to, if you ever do any sort of project and it involves audience growth of any kind, I highly, highly recommend reading that book and going through those exercises. And I love the way you did sticky notes. You know, we could talk about that further, but we went through every single channel and we're like, okay, how can we grow this? How can we grow that? Like, what are some things we can do? And it was a combination of like how much time it would involve or money. Like Eric said, we don't make money off this podcast, but also at the same time, I was not certain that any specific thing, no matter how much time we put into it, would grow the audience any further. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that also may just be signaling a certain limit to our commitment to the podcast as well. Because if we're not willing to go from spending 35, 100 bucks on an episode that we want to publish to, you know, spending a thousand or two thousand dollars to see how things work, then maybe that's an indicator that we're not as invested in this as we think we are. So I think that is also something valuable that you can get out of going through the exercises from the traction book. Yeah, exactly. The other thing is kind of the core of the podcast, but kind of the topic. It's productivity is a heavily saturated topic, I think, in the podcast space. I think there's a lot of podcasts that cover it. I think we have a really good niche as far as our self being self-employed and being dads. I think that really covered a lot of great topics. And I think we covered a lot of great topics on this podcast. Like I think, you know, as we'll talk about, we're keeping this podcast active as far as being able to subscribe to it and listen to it at any point. But I think as far as reaching a specific audience, that's where it became a real challenge is like, how do we communicate to that specific audience when the topic can be kind of saturated in the podcast market, but also it can be so diluted in the many ways that we can kind of traverse that topic, whether it's being a parent, running your own business, doing public speaking, writing, time management, et cetera. Yeah. And there was always the possibility of, while it is a pretty saturated point of discussion in the podcast realm, that like we could get more niche if we wanted. We had recommendations to focus on just parenting productivity. But then there's the question of how many people are actually looking for that and being able to run experiments on that 
also was an area where we weren't fully equipped to actually answer that or like get to an answer for that. And meanwhile, also, like we had a lot of great opportunities to talk to some amazing people who are like many of them were parents. And so we can have that connection point. But then we can also acknowledge that people who have kids, uh, whether they work from home or find other ways to raising kids work, like they are doing lots and lots of different things. And we want to help them too. Yeah, exactly. The other thing was being organized. I think like when we first started the podcast, we didn't realize how important it was to be organized with our episodes by like 10 episodes. I think we're pretty good at being organized. Even like today, I think we're pretty, we're pretty darn good at staying on topic and things like that. But like the importance of organization, I think if you're starting any sort of podcast or even any project that you communicate to an audience to, I think it's really important. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was trying to balance uh, having guests on the podcast and having a good set of topics. It almost got to a point where it was uh, really challenging to like come up with topics to talk about. I feel like we've talked about nearly everything we can when it comes to productivity, other than maybe like new stuff that comes out technology-wise or new products that we find. But th- I didn't want to go that route. Like there's plenty of podcasts where they can talk about what great app they're using. But to me, like no app is going to really help with like the underlying methodologies and practices that you have. So I always loved that we did, you know, some app episodes and we talked about tools, but it really came down to like the patterns and practices that helped you stay productive in your business or your personal life. Yeah. And To add to that a little bit, you know, I think one part of productivity that I think a lot of people kind of know, but they don't necessarily acknowledge or treat this way is that it's very personal. And so a lot of the topics that are out there are either very generic systems that then it's up to the person to make it work for them in a more specific way. Or it is that like productivity trap where people are talking about hyper-specific productivity tricks and hacks, if you would, that are only going to work for a very select number of people. And so we could have gone down that avenue, but I'm really happy with the more practical approach that we took that I think applies to a lot more people. And then we were able to talk about ways that we implement them to give people ideas on how they might be able to adapt it to their own lives. Yeah. And like the other problem with productivity is it can be over-engineered. When you don't have the gumption to do what you need to do, people will sometimes try to distract themselves by providing some automated way, you know, and over-engineering it and spending time on that as opposed to like actually just having the gumption to do what they need to do. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to avoid that kind of practice of over-engineering. Sometimes it's worth just doing it the most simple way you can as opposed to trying to over-automate or over-engineer. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about as far as negatives were concerned? No. I mean, one thing I would say, taking a step back from this, is that while these are kind of like the downsides, they also did help us realize we were coming up to a point where we had to make a big decision to either keep things just going and kind of plateau with maybe some steady growth over time or start investing a lot more of our own time and money into this to try and 
help more people or just stop. Right. Exactly. So let's talk about positives. <laughs> yeah. So something I was kind of looking at last night, and actually I'm looking at our analytics dashboard right now, is the total number of downloads. It can be really challenging if you're hosting a podcast, making it available through all of the different channels where people can listen to a podcast to actually understand how many people are actually subscribed to your podcast. So like at best, we have estimates there, but we do know pretty accurately how many people have downloaded the episodes, which I like to think that each of those downloads led to a listen. Probably not 100% the case. However, the number was over 5,000. And while we have, what is this, episode 36? Yes. That is really exciting to me to think that people are interested enough or curious enough about the different topics to download this and give our thoughts some fair consideration mm-hmm. is like really putting me in a happy mood as we wind things down. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure that those download numbers are going to continue to grow. The other thing is like I think early on like I said our organization wasn't great, but like by now we've pretty much come down to a pretty good idea of keeping our podcast organized and on topic and understanding within the time limit like okay, we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about this for this many minutes and trying to like keep things moving and keep things going. One of the things with these pre-show notes that are super helpful is if we feel like we can't talk about something, we'll just like not talk about it and end the conversation. And we have the next question available to us. I think that's super helpful. And then also the other thing is staying on schedule. We were able to over the last year have that schedule of every other week, like easily putting out 26 episodes this year and being able to record on a schedule and keeping a queue up and keeping our editor a constant, you know, communication of what episodes are recorded and when they're ready. So I think that worked out really well this year. Yeah, I really liked the documentation that we came up with for a release schedule as well. Yeah, and I'm still going to be using like our template when it comes to my other podcast, Empower Apps, where I talk about iOS development and development in the Swift space. So that's been super helpful to me as far as like staying organized. And I don't know if you want to talk about it, but being able to communicate with guests clearly and kind of having a workflow of scheduling guests and getting notes ready and easily communicating with them about how to basically be a guest on our show. Yeah. I mean, overall, I was expecting that we would have more technical difficulties and miscommunications with guests and even amongst me and you. And looking back on it, there aren't really that many that come to mind. So I think uh, this is something that really proud of taking the time to write this stuff down and have these open lines of communication, because I think that it made the process a lot uh, simpler and reliable for us. Yeah. The other thing is our content. We're going to keep it out there, but we covered like pretty much anything I ever would want to cover when it comes to productivity. Yeah. I'm also pretty happy that like the main ones are stuff that we covered fairly early. Our first one was the sleepy episode, right? Yes. And that is still like one of my number one recommendations for helping people just be effective throughout their workdays is getting a good night's rest. And I know that people hear that all the time and they probably just roll their eyes, but I'm glad that it is 
our number one episode still, because while we do have lots of other great tips, I like that if someone just happens to stumble upon our podcast, the first one that they're going to get is probably like one of the number ones that I could just generally say to anyone, you know, if you want to have a good day tomorrow, then try and get some good sleep tonight. Yeah. And I think sleeping is still a big part of being productive is having a healthy night of sleep. Yep. And then amongst all all of our other episodes too, I think that we did a great job of staying focused on the practical, but also being concrete enough in our examples that people could take the information and find ways to apply it to their respective skills or situations. Yeah, I agree. The other thing you wanted to talk about, and I think it would be super helpful, is about our personal growth. What did I learn as I was doing this podcast or what were skills that I had picked up? I think a big thing is just being able to interview better. I think interviewing skills are super important. And I was able to keep a conversation going with more or less a complete stranger. And I think doing this podcast really helped me in that regard. Like I said, staying organized and communicating with people on a regular basis. I think I was able to pick up those skills, even with complete strangers. And being able to find guests for the show. Uh, A lot of people I would meet in person beforehand. But I've been more able to talk to people I haven't even met in person and been able to get them on the show. And that's been really great. Having a personal connection is always helpful, kind of like what Laura said, like having some sort of common commonality. I don't know if we recorded as part of, because we had talked to Laura afterwards, and one of the things she said is like, oh, you know, you could talk about something that is in common with another person, and that's always helpful in conversation starting. I totally agree with that when you're recruiting somebody is like have some touch point with another person that you share in common with that person when you want to introduce yourself. And then just having that ability of self-reflection. I know just talking to you, you would give me some great feedback, but also like I would be able to like just step back from my life and see things from a big picture. Like I said, like it was helpful this year to kind of have that ability to step back and look at 2019 and say, okay, what are things that I need to cut out of? Because I really want to invest more in other things in my life that I see growth. And it was a difficult decision, I think, in a lot of ways to put this podcast on hiatus, but like things have to be let go in order to double down on other things in your life. Yeah, it is a pretty tough decision to come upon. And I think at some point you just kind of have to acknowledge your gut or that limbic part of your brain that isn't able to put in words a feeling, but you can kind of know where it's going. And you might just have to have those vulnerable conversations. When I had lunch with you to talk about winding this down, yeah, I definitely had lots of feelings. (laughs) And I was actually uh, very, very much relieved that you were on board, that you were feeling a lot the same, and that I could just also kind of like sigh in relief that the conversation was over and now we can focus on solving real problems in a more rational way again. Right. I totally agree. Yeah. And it's funny because we were totally on the same page. It was a difficult decision, but yeah, we're totally on the same page when it came to like understanding where we could go with the podcast further and how we could grow further and the challenges that have come up in doing that. Yeah. So some of the other things that When I was talking about personal growth from the podcast earlier, I'd mentioned that 
one of the things I was hoping to get from the podcast is becoming better or more comfortable speaking to groups of people, whether on the phone or on a video call or on the podcast or in person. And I think in in some ways I have gotten more comfortable with starting to do that. Like I mentioned, I still have the nerves and I'm hoping that gets better. Um, it's one of the constant dilemmas that I I struggle with. It just like wipes me of energy to be in front of people, which is so strange that the ways that I want to continue focusing on helping people are through like public speaking type of events and community building, which is just going to make me put myself out there more. So I really do hope that the nerves slowly go away and I stop feeling so anxious while I'm talking because like I can feel it right now. And I don't know if it comes across in my voice. I guess I've never actually asked anyone that, but I can tell that my chattiness is usually being sourced from an anxious energy. And so I'm hoping that some kind of shifts uh, continue to happen with that. One of the things that I learned a little bit more about and I've gotten better at that I didn't expect is image editing and album design. Yeah, you've done some pretty solid stuff when it comes to our social media image. I've been super impressed with that. Thank you. I was going back and looking at the first episodes where I was just being very, very true to our practical productivity, where I was just using my own handwriting in a journal to put the episode names and numbers on there and then adding our logo. And that was good enough then. And it felt okay because a lot of people tell me that I have really nice handwriting and it didn't take much time at all. But eventually I wanted to start playing around with more and more image editing and more like custom designs. And I've been using this also for promoting events that happen weekly or monthly. And so I have had this demand and desire to actually do the editing and create these pieces of art quickly. They look nice enough. I think they certainly look better than my handwriting in a notebook over and over again. And then they also like give me this creative outlet, which I hadn't even realized was something that I was desiring. And so now I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm getting better at it. If I have an idea, I can put it together pretty quickly because the limitations in the tools that I'm using, like Canva and GIMP, really only give me a handful of options on what I can put together quickly without investing in like way better sketching tools and probably art classes and stuff like that. But that was something unexpected. And then uh, I think the last one also is something that you just helped me realize or acknowledge is that I learned a lot from our guests and I learned a lot from you as well. We had some really solid guests. Yeah. And so I'm really honored to have been able to speak to all of these amazing professionals, learn from them, learn from you. And then also through the act of talking with these people have uh, done more of that self-reflection and helped me learn from myself in ways that I hadn't realized. So yeah, I think that's uh, probably one of my, my favorite areas of growth from doing this. Yeah, I totally agree. We've had some really great guests and I feel like we've learned a lot from them Before we thank folks who've helped the podcast, I want to let people know that we will be keeping the site up. There is a hypothetical chance we put out another episode if Eric and I uh, both feel like there's some topic and productivity we really want to share with you. So there could totally be an episode 37 at some point. I'm not going to guarantee it, but that's, that's always a possibility. The feed will be up. The episodes will be up. We'll still be hosting on Transistor. And then people can still get a hold of us 
On Twitter, they can get a hold of me, Leo G. Dion. At Twitter, uh, Eric is Eric L. Gillespie at Twitter as well. And then, of course, we'll still keep at OK Productive active on Twitter and available as well. And then people, if you want to email us, you can email us hello at okproductive.com. So please do like, we'd love to hear more feedback or if there's something you're like, man, I wish you would talk about something, you know, let us know. We'd love to hear that as well. We're always interested in hearing from our audience. I also, before we do this little uh, list of, actually, it's kind of a big list of uh, uh, thank yous of people who have directly contributed to our show. I also want to thank everyone for listening. I have gotten some amazing feedback from people about guests, topics, and all sorts of great encouraging words. And I just want to thank everyone who has taken their time and uh, listened to us and gotten something from it. That's exactly what we're hoping to do. So thank you. Yeah, we couldn't have done this without the great audience that we've had. So uh, I totally agree, Eric. Yeah, thank you so much, listeners, for listening to our show. All right. So now I made a list of all of the people that I was able to find who directly contributed to the show. And I thought that we could take turns going through the list and uh, thanking them all. Are you ready? Yes. All right. I'll start. Leah Fitch, thank you so much. Jonathan Bailstrong, thank you. Will Gant, thanks. Christian Jenko, thank you. Peace Sena, thank you. Jessica D'Amico, thank you. Tim Mitra, thank you. Justin Jackson, thanks. Allison Spooner, thank you for your time and for helping us out. Sophia Dagnon, thank you. Laura Lopich, thank you. Julian Borelli, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Julian. And uh, Leo Dion, thank you. Thanks, Eric.